You are listening to the Blessed Sacrament Roman Catholic Parish Podcast. We are disciples in mission who know God, love God, and serve God. Good morning, everyone. It is so good to be back. Pentecost. We celebrate this feast once a year, and sometimes we get lost in the meaning. Pentecost. That's where this big white bird descends upon all these guys hidden away in an upper room. And all of a sudden, they start speaking languages. Pentecost is so much more than just that. Because if it were just that, you and me would be sitting in our pews and saying, oh, gee, golly, that was nice. That happened 2,000 years ago. What does it mean for me today? It means a whole lot for us today. A whole lot for us. First of all, Pentecost is a remembrance of two things, not just one. First of all, it's Pentecost, 50 days after Passover. Not Easter, but Passover. And what they do on this Feast of Pentecost is they would bring the first fruits of the harvest to the temple to be offered. Now in Palestine... They were fortunate enough to have two growing seasons. So this was the first. And they'd bring the first fruits of this particular growing season to the temple to celebrate. The second meaning or the second remembrance is the giving of the law to Moses by God. The Ten Commandments. They celebrate that time when when God stepped through time to give Moses and you and me the guidance on how to live a good life, a holy life, a grace-filled life. So that's Pentecost. At the time of Pentecost, Pentecost was fulfilled. They were all played together in the upper room. They were scared. They thought that what might happen to Jesus, what happened to Jesus might happen to them, and they were gathered in the upper room. Remember now, Jesus has ascended. He's gone. And that's how we look at it, too. He's gone. The candle isn't here anymore. The Easter candle, the light of Christ, it's now over there, and it's not lit. Why? Kind of makes us feel a little empty. Jesus is gone. So anyway, they were gathered in the upper room. Then there appeared to them tongues as of fire. We always have to remember that we are human beings trying to understand the infinite. We are humans trying to understand the divine. And the only way we can do that is in a language that we can understand appeared as tongues as of fire. Was there actually fire dancing around in their heads? We don't know. But the experience, the human experience that they felt, was just that. The tongues descended upon them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The men who began that evening in fear were now filled with the Spirit of God and with courage. And they went out and started to proclaim the good news. The good news 
that Jesus is risen, number one. The good news of forgiveness of sins, number two. And most importantly, the good news that God loves each and every one of us unconditionally. It doesn't matter what we've done with our lives. It matters to us because we've made a mess of it. We wonder why we're not happy. But for God, he loves us anyway. And because that love is unconditional, he wants us to feel good about us. He wants us to be grace-filled. He wants us to be the holy people he made. He created. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings to us that love, that forgiveness that Jesus won for each of us as he hung upon the cross. Pentecost is, oh, by the way, for those of us who've been members of the parish, there used to be a 98-year-old priest who would begin Pentecost Standing at the altar, and what would he do? Happy birthday to you. That was Father Tom. Celebrated every Pentecost that way, because today is the birthday of the church. This is where it all really began. Everything came together on what, on what Jesus taught and did. Came together at this day. When the Holy Spirit finally came down and filled those guys with that courage, that spirit to go out and proclaim the good news. To give, the Spirit gives the gifts that God has bestowed on them and and bestowed upon each of us. As I was preparing for this day, I was reading about Pentecost. And it was pointed out something very unusual for me because I never thought about it this way. One of the greatest gifts the Holy Spirit gave to them, gave to Jesus, and gives to us is the gift of prayer. Well, Father, that's not much. Sure it is. You know, so often people come to me as the disciples going to Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. And Jesus began by a very simple prayer that we all know we're taught as kids. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. We begin with praise. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day our daily bread. Nourish me, Lord, with that gift of grace so that I can live a good life, so that I can be a witness of your presence in a world that, let's face it this morning, so desperately needs you. And forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. Now, aren't you glad God doesn't hold us to that. And I mean that in all seriousness. If you've been hurt deeply, it's hard to forgive. If you've been cut very deeply, it's hard to forgive and forget. Jesus told us to forgive. In other words, 
Those who have harmed us were not allowed to wish four flat tires in the middle of rush hour. We are to forgive. Forgive the harm they have done for a number of reasons. Number one, if you don't forgive, you continue to allow them to hurt you. You let it go. You can't change it. What's past is past. What is important is now. So we forgive. We don't have to forget because we don't want whatever happened to be repeated. It doesn't mean we're cutting the other person short. No. God is the one who forgives and forgets. Because of our humanness, our weakness, we remember so it doesn't happen again. Not that we're reliving it, and that's important. Don't relive. Remember what happens so it doesn't happen again, but don't relive it. Because all you do is open the wound again and again and again. Forgive us our sins as, you for, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And sometimes that evil one is ourselves. Because of sin. But despite that, God always, always loves you. And he gives you the gift of prayer to communicate to you that love and that grace that he wishes to share with you. He gives us his word, the guideline to living a good life. Remember as he gathered in the upper room, the first thing he said is, peace be with you. What that means is, despite all you have done for me, remember they abandoned him at the cross, Peter denied him three times. Those he depended on most weren't there. Did Jesus hold a grudge? No, he came back. And when he came back, the first thing he said was, peace be with you. I'm not angry. I forgive you because I love you. And that's what he does to us every day of our lives. He forgives our sins. As long as we're willing to ask for forgiveness. He's willing to blot out the pain that we have caused ourselves. And that's what Pentecost is all about. That spirit of grace, that spirit of love, that spirit of forgiveness. God gives to each of us today. Remember that gift of prayer and use it often. You get up in the morning and say, Lord, thanks for this day. I don't know what's going to happen today, but let's you and I deal with it together. The good times, the bad. The celebrations, the sadness. Whatever it is we deal with today, let's do it together. He wants to be a part of our lives if we're only open to that invitation. But once we open our lives to that gift of the Spirit, God's presence in our lives, 
everything can change. The problems aren't going to go away. That's part of life. That's part of this world. That's part of sin. But he'll help us deal with it. He'll help us deal with it and use the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us to build a better world, to build the kingdom of God. There is a story, just a story, not a scripture-based. Jesus has ascended into heaven. And he walks through the golden gates and Gabriel is there. Gabriel asks him the question, Lord, you did a lot of good while you were on earth. But now you're home. What's the plan? if what you've set in place doesn't work. Jesus' reply was, there is no second plan. It's up to us now. Not alone. The light of Christ still burns brightly. If you look, the sanctuary lamp, it reminds us that Christ is still present in our world, in our church, and in our hearts. We've got to be open to it. We've got to listen. We've got to share. We've got to build a relationship. He's willing. But are we? Thank you for listening to the Blessed Sacrament Roman Catholic Parish podcast. We are disciples in mission who know God, love God, and serve God.